One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Greg, Donna, Jimmy, JC. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Forge your own path. The CPL final is set in our nation's capital as Atletico Ottawa go from last place last season to hosting a dynasty in the final. United don't need Cristiano because they've got Casemiro to score late goals. And it's clear that Stevie G was the problem at Aston Villa. Aaron Danks for Prime Minister, someone to help Montreal. Lots to unpack on this just in. It's the Footy Prime Sunday special, hosted by myself, Brendan Dunlop. Happy to be joined by my two ex-Canadian national team stars, Craig Forrest and Jimmy Brennan. And what looks like a... Don't mention X around us. Yeah. Would you you prefer the term former? He doesn't get it, does he? (laughs) Does this have something to do with relationships? Okay. Way to go. Way to go there, Sherlock. (laughs) Also joining us, the only other happily married member on the podcast, although today looking very much like a 17-year-old boy at a 7-Eleven in St. Catharines, James Charman. Just because I got my, my, my ball cap on backwards. I'm 17 years old. Fred Durst, who Jimmy referred earlier before we taped tonight, is like. How about we talk about what Brendan's wearing? Because there's what, about what is what, maybe 24 hours ago, he would have probably had that right in the bottom of his cupboard. Are you, you asking He's me? Got to... Aston Villa stuff all over him. You're asking if this smells like mothballs, if I've had to unpack this because this was the first time I've been happy since beating Liverpool last season? Nope. I just think before. you might have, after the uh, Stephen Gerrard game midweek, you might have tossed it away for a while, and then you're like, oh, no, look at that. Pulled it back out. Hey, look how fast football can change. Oh, isn't it crazy? Atletico Ottawa, last place last season. Seemed like a you know a bit of a laughing stock for a club that obviously has resources the other clubs don't. Now they're going to a final. CF Montreal, make it to the playoffs after their best regular season. Get... Bounce in the playoffs before making it to uh, 
to the East final early, early days, I'd say still in the postseason for them. Sometimes things don't change, I guess. It's my long went away of circling back to that. You beat Brentford. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> Why do you got to piss on them? I'm always on your side. I'm the, I'm the Jimmy ally here because we're the ones being picked on for being beautiful and good and sounding nice. Why, why, why can't I have a moment? I just don't understand why you're all dressed up after one win. I mean, we beat Liverpool. I'm not covered in head to toe in forest gear. Look, as someone who played for TFC in those dark years, I understand that you know wins are few and far between, and maybe you, you you lost the will to appreciate them. But as someone who forgot what it was like to win with style and play like that, yeah, I'm all over it. I might, I'm probably not going to change for three days. I didn't forget the uh, miracle in Montreal that we won Canadian Championship and then Champions League. So, because you lifted the trophy, you've reminded us several times. Yep, I needed it though. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, true professional. Great transition from uh, coaching to pundit. Yeah, great, great transition. Um, but honestly, ten million things to go about since uh, you started with the lead. We might as just well start there. Aston Villa four, Brentford nil. Uh, the best performance I've seen Villa play and put on since before Dean Smith, I think. Like, help me make sense of this, Craig. Brentford are a good side, right? They're an organized side. But Villa just battered them. Like, it, it did feel like a dream. Yeah, because Brentford normally threaten just about every side and they usually show up. Uh, so I don't know what it was with Brentford on the day, but you can't criticize Villa whatsoever. That was a that was a really fun game from a Villa fan's point of view. It's outstanding. It's amazing what a few days can do. They were they were Olaying. It's like it's just, it went from doom and gloom to this is a lot of fun. Yeah. It just looked like the pressure was off them, didn't it? Yeah. No pressure. Three nil off after off goal play. <laughs> I just think all year long, um, the fans have been screaming for Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings to work together because it's such a natural partnership. And as we saw again for the second straight game, you know, it's it's a natural partnership, baby. That was always the answer, wasn't it? Always the answer. Yeah, but not in a 4-4-2, which was the whole point of having them play together, or at least what we saw executed. But there was a lot of things that were different. For starters, they did something they rarely did, which was score. (laughs) <laughs> they bagged more goals in 14 minutes under caretaker manager Aaron Danks than they did in the last 409 minutes of Steven Gerrard being in charge. That's crazy. You would never bet the over in any Villa match. I don't think I'd love to see what the money that London and or Ladbrokes and Vegas took on on the over because they're, they're so, kind so of. Who was, who was the guy again? Who's, who's on the sidelines? Aaron, Aaron Danks. Danks. What? Isn't it? Who? Yeah, Aaron Danks. Aaron Danks. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Who is he? What a cock. <laughs> Who is he? Is he the he's new the... Poch? <laughs> no, he's not the new Poch, actually. He dropped John McGinn, though, Captain John McGinn. So he's definitely got his own, he's definitely got his own way of things. Um, he's a coach, proper coach. He doesn't want to be the manager. But the <laughs> players sure shit. Yeah, he does. For him. Yeah, until they until he does, yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? I'll turn it down. No thanks. Yeah, a couple million quid a year. Nah. Stand after that, head. after that result today. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, I'll take it. I think he wants it now. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you know what? Though, joking aside, you look at that eleven, and it's it's not bad, is it? It's a pretty good eleven. And how they've been this poor? I don't want to put it all on poor old Stevie G. Who knows what's happened there behind the scenes? I think he'll be a, a fine manager one day. But uh, 
I mean, there's no reason why they should be where they're at in the table. So, hey, listen, it's one game. It was Brentford, like Craig said, and they didn't show up. They were half the team that they usually are. Um, who, who's next for Villa? As a manager or the next club in front? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, schedule. Yeah. You also have the internet. You could pull up the fixture list, but I'll do it. I could. I do I most things for us here, so I'll just do it. Oh, unlucky. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle <laughs> next. Uh-oh. Watch it out. Fly in. Fly in. Yeah. New, Newcastle do look pretty good. But Jimmy made a point about pressure, and I wanted to ask uh, you lot. With Steven Gerrard in the room, I can just assume there was always this intimidation factor for a lot of these players. And whether Gerrard really, you know, didn't have a clue and kept getting it wrong with selections. It's easy to question it. As Charmin said, they've definitely got the pieces. The other big standout thing, apart from them scoring goals against Brentford, was that they played wide, which they never did. They they tried to play so narrow. It was they were, they were forcing it. They were trying to get Coutinho involved, and it just didn't work. They were so narrow, but they were really, really wide and just battered Brentford because of it. Um, but how much of that do you think manager attitude in the change room that just made it you know, it's it's almost as if the longer it went on, it's like he sucked the confidence out of those players, Craig. And you saw today the shackles were off, the pressure was off. They just went out there and played to their best. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's like in the dressing room, so it's hard to comment on that. But you see these results once in a while too, you know, this so-called manager bump that does actually occur. And then usually the teams will settle back to where they – they were in a in the first instance. So, yeah, he gave them freedom absolutely today. They had the right opposition as well, I think. Um, but as far as the manager goes and Stevie Gerrard, I mean, there's lots of managers that apply lots of pressure. If you're walking in the dressing room, old Alex Ferguson or mm-hmm. Pep Guardiola, they're pretty intimidating figures. Maybe in, in these situations, they should call it the the old manager bounce not the new manager bounce. The fact that the old manager is no longer there has given the team the bounce. Because this Aaron Dinks guy, he's not going to be the full-time guy, is he, right? He's going to be someone else. So he's not the new manager. He's just filling in. But the fact that he's not Steven Gerrard gave him the bounce. I don't know. Okay. If he wins three in a row, Dinks could get it. <laughs> Might be a bit hard. I hope he does now so we can call him Dinks forever. <laughs> When Sean Deitch gets the job, though, um, <laughs> things will be different. Yeah. Will be different. Yeah. The douche and the dink. <laughs> Anything else about that magical performance? I didn't Craig? watch it, actually. So I, mean, I can't tell you. No, of course yeah. not. Just the most magical day uh, of my tenure here. Ings has got four <laughs> goals and six starts, I think. Interesting. Uh, yeah. 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 Hey, he, Ings can deliver. I just think it was it's always a tricky, tricky setup. And really, removing Grealish um, seemed to break Ollie Watkins. He so, showed so much promise. There was teams after him that season. They could have lost both Grealish and him quite easily. Mm-hmm. They did really well to keep hold of him, but he's he's really struggled to hit that form. So it's nice to see him and, and Ings playing together. Honestly, I, I'm happy to see it. I just didn't think it was possible because I'd not seen it. AB, at what point, how long will it be that you have a conversation with someone about 
Aston Villa on a podcast or somewhere, and you don't mention Jack Grealish, you it's been feel two like fucking years. No, no, I think I, I think I'm only I only speak about him strategically in every conversation about Villa. No, I you don't do. think that's true at all. I think you do. You never listen it's, to it's me. hurt you. It really hurt you it's deeper. It's like you've been, you've been dumped by your, you know, a girl that you really liked, and it's lingered for two years. Grealish is my ex. Is that what you're on? I'm like going on new dates and I new it? dates, and you, you love him. Her up. Like, and you want to be him. You, you like his hair. You like everything about him. There is that he does have a for the you know that very distinctive Brummy accent. Uh, the fact that he has such a deep voice, it is quite soothing. I'll be honest. I could He's I got could thick listen legs to him. too, right? I could listen to him. Read. So we have that in common. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> and tight shorts. Yep. Still wears those, those as far as it goes. <laughs> child size shin guards. <laughs> Yeah. he's a decent enough player well good I'm, I totally expected this to be a safe space where you all would celebrate the fact that I could enjoy football again um, no but I'm, I'm being serious really it's not just you I'm sure many Villa fans have the same conversations right and they keep getting drawn back to the past right especially when it's been tough since he left right you keep being drawn back to the Grealish years right but it has to be a time when you say okay I've got to move on I've got to move forward in my life here I, you know, I that think, was a lovely again, little time in my life lovely little time some great times great dates but He's gone. He's not your age. Life. There are certain things that you like remember. And then there's a lot of things that happen that you don't. So in your limited memory, particularly with me, a person who you reluctantly listen to on a regular basis, you hear me mention Grealish on specific things like Watkins's poor form. And you think I'm talking about him all the time. But I would love to ask the listeners if they think I regularly speak about Grealish as much. Okay, as let's do that. Okay, and so what? Right. What will we wager if they, if the majority of them, all six of them, carry Starkey and Doug? <laughs> um, dinner well, side with me. Dinner, dinner. you're going to yeah. cook for me. Yeah, I'll I bet you. you're just going to throw a pie in the oven. <laughs> no, no, I'll cook for you, but I won't need to. Okay, all so, right. So, so I want the the listeners, our supporters group, to let us know: Does Brendan mention Jack Grealish? Every time Aston Villa comes up, and when Ronaldo like that, when he decides to hang him up, it's just going to be over, isn't it? Oh, oh it's finished. Lights out. But oh, yeah. B, I think if I was you, I'd actually question him what he's going to make because if he's going to make beans on toast, no point in having the bet. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> oh, I like beans on toast. Me too. I made some last week. Actually, delicious. Oh, a little shredded cheese. I think Absolutely, I cheese is key. And actually, I put um, some fried onions on on top as well. Ah, I go right. with a steak. Did you bring that up because of the tweet that I shared in the group, which was about the certain current economic plight that England's going through? It says, Christ, at least Greece and Italy and Italy have incredible food. We're going funny, through this shit with beans on toast. <laughs> Fuck. It is going for a shit. Yeah. Wild, wild, wild times. But um, at least we've got football to distract us. Liz uh, Trust is like Avram Grant. <laughs> Can't stand the job for more trying, than a month. Trying to bring Sam Allardyce in it and get yeah. him to save him from relegation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we had that discussion. Maybe I'll repost that on, on which managers we thought would be good politicians, who our cabinet would be. In this current situation, there's probably no, no one better. Maybe Tony Pulis for like a steadying hand. I feel like Tony Pulis could have some like better conversations with the unions and Europe. I think it's big. I think Big Sam's the answer, though. Honestly, I think Europe. Big Sam would come in and just get everyone organized, playing simple, simple politics, 
and uh, yeah, very yeah, direct. No. Yep. Yeah. And it, it cut a great, a great trade deal with some Saudis. Right. Yeah, because they're having a pint glass of time wine with Europe because they cut their ties with a massive trading partner that was what twenty fucking miles away from them. Nice job. All for old blighty, Craig. All for old blighty. Oh yeah. Come on, England. Yeah, right. We're gonna do our own deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, fucking hell. Meanwhile, the Irishman down there, Jimmy, he's got an Irish passport, which is still part of the EU. He's lucky. Yes, and everybody likes us. Is that how you got to England in the first place? With that passport? As a European player? Yes. You're Irish. Sorry, was that a secret I wasn't supposed to tell? It was the way you no, told no, me no. I wasn't. Oh. With, uh, no, I went, uh, I didn't go with my Irish passport. I went through my mother because my mother's Scottish. Oh. God. Ah, that's so, right. But it allowed me to walk through the front door. Yeah. Okay. That's how I, I mean, I got mine through my grandparents on one side of my family. Because I feel like that's not something we speak about in the men's game as much anymore. Certainly not with them now being a top 50 international nation um but in the women's game this is still something we're still very much talking about i feel like yeah but when you're 16 you're not playing 75 percent of your national team games so it does yeah no fair right fair you're right yeah of course we've seen still still seen a few star exceptions junior highlight being one yeah they actually i mean i remember the whole deal they took a chance on him a little bit and there's some other clubs interested in him at the time when he was like 12 13 West Ham were interested in him too, but they were just like, there's no guarantee about him getting a work permit. I don't want to spend much more time on politics and immigration because I can hear our download numbers tanking, but also I have a surprise for you that I want to be able to get to uh, after we get to a couple more games. So Chelsea won, Manchester United won. Best United performance of the season, Charms? Uh, like they yeah, were good. I mean, they, they they did what they've done in the past under Fergie, score late goals. They, oh. they should have probably won that game. Chelsea weren't good at all. You know, no, Chelsea. They, sorry, Chelsea weren't. Chelsea. I was just going to say Chelsea weren't good, and Potter recognized that, and he yeah, did he something did. I don't think. Match. Jimmy, I don't think you see this prior to five substitutions, adjust on the fly as he did, and also you must have a good relationship with your players if you're tactically making a substitution in game like we know first half subs are usually uh, you know not a good thing to see but in this situation it's, there's got to be an understanding Cucurella knew oh this is purely tactical what we were doing wasn't working great uh, I'll take a seat for the team yeah 100% I mean look you, you're you're unhappy obviously if you're that player that's coming off but when a man when you walk by the manager and goes it's tactical then you have to and the player knows as well things aren't going well for the team You've got to adjust, and you've got to adjust on the fly. Right. I've been in I've been in teams as well where you start off in a certain formation, and 15 minutes into the game, he's whistling out new formations, and everybody's adjusting. That's you have to have that 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 sort of those scenarios ready, right? Yeah. So the good, the bad, what yeah. you're doing those different times. So those players are well drilled in what they were about to to do when they were subbed off and or subbed on. I just don't think you see that involving a substitution in the old days when it was three substitutions. It allows you someone who reads the game as quickly as Potter. Not to say other managers don't do this. We hear this all the time. We we can spot 
these formation changes that you're speaking about to me, but the, yeah. the, that drastically where Kovacic comes in and just completely changes the match for them. Yeah. But even so, though, even so, Kukurela goes off, Jimmy, and, and as a player, regardless if it's tactics or not, I mean, it must just break your heart. It must, you must be apoplectic. Yeah, of course, you're not happy. Not happy at all, but at the end of the day, you got to do, do what's right for the team, right? You want the result. Um, otherwise, you're going to go the, the way that you are and get pumped. So you gotta you got to adjust when the manager wants to. You know, and the thing is, too, a lot of the times you – You'll expect a team to play a certain way. You'll be doing your homework and studying them. And then they might line up a certain formation. And then a few minutes into the match, they're, they're swinging into a different shape. So then you've got to adjust as well, right? Because they're, they're, they're going into an, another shape after a few minutes, whatever it is. And then they start dictating the tempo and the pace of the game. And, and then they've got control of the midfield. So you have to adapt and you've got to adjust as well. Frank, yeah, Frank Yellup used to always be the first guy to get subbed off for Ipswich Town. It was a certainty. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you know Portman Road, Jimmy, you know where yeah. the, the dress room is in the corner and the, the dugout's halfway at the halfway. Yeah. So, you have to walk up the sideline yeah. there. So, back in the day, you didn't have the electronic signs, you just had the Basically, the flip, the flip card thing. Exactly. Well, yeah. it wasn't even that. It was basically a bag of numbers. Yeah. Right? One to 11. <laughs> so Trevor Putney, he's in the dressing room and he's sitting there and there, there's the bag of cards like with all the numbers and he's sitting next to Frankie. He's like, hey, Frank, fucking hell, buddy. He gets the bag and he pulls the number two out and he hides it. <laughs> So Charlie Woods, the coach, game's about to start. Everybody's going out, right? So he's got the bag, a couple extra balls, right? Because they, they had three, and they, yeah. they didn't have balls around the pitch then. They had a couple extra on the bench. And there's numbers for making substitutions. So sure enough. <laughs> I said that I had a surprise, and I think JC has come on to ask, what's going on here in the green room? So... Shall we surprise the lot, JC? Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce. Well, I don't know, actually. Where are they? Oh. Hey! Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, guys. It's Amy that she's so good. Walsh. Yeah. yeah. Best surprise not, ever. Not great and not proven in the playoffs. <laughs> no. Amy, is that a mattress behind you? Do you sleep standing up? No, it's my sister. <laughs> my, my, my brother and his family came over this summer um, from Halifax and they stayed for a week. That's my sister's mattress that's still oh. not returned. Sorry, them, Sarah man. and Aaron. Yeah. She actually looks like you're lying down. Well, it could be lying down. Too. Yeah, no, I know, right? Now, did so you anyway, get- do you want me to finish the story? I didn't realize you were mid story. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, how did you not? Wait, <laughs> because, it was and about he was just about to break I, into it. Listen, have you ever listened to our podcast? It. I wanted to give the listeners the same experience that Dan Wong does when he drops these ad inserts in the middle of our sentences. Hey, that's I'm Brendan Dunlop, and this is yeah, that's no exactly stop it. All right, uh, Amy, thank you so much for joining us. I know you only have uh, eight and a half minutes now, but no, Craig, please yeah. finish your story about the past. 
Amy, I was just talking about Frank Yelp, former Canadian guy who played for Ipswich, and he was the manager subbed him off every single game. So one of the guys took the number because they weren't electronic signs, took the number out of the bag, went to the uh, halfway into the dugout. Anyway, he gets subbed, and he's the manager's like, all right, Charlie, get the number two. <laughs> Yelp's coming off. And uh, he couldn't find it because it was hidden in the dressing room. <laughs> and the referee's like, uh, what are you waiting? Like, come on. Like, do you want to sub or not? And like, Fergie's getting all upset. And he's like, fucking get the number two. He goes, I can't find <laughs> <laughs> And that's when he switched to electronic ad boards when they realized. Yeah, the he's holding up his finger. Oh, Yallop, you're off. Get off, Yallop. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that impersonation that you do. Um, but Amy, <laughs> as much as we would love some old stories uh, from your playing days as well, we'll definitely do that another time. Um, very timely to have you on. And the fact that you probably haven't slept all weekend because you were doing Women's World Cup draw coverage. <laughs> yeah. And then straight back to Montreal to watch them fall apart in the playoffs again. Yeah. What a heartbreaker Wait, again, that was. At, yeah, at I Saputo. guess. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was tough to, to watch um, because they, I mean, New York came out flying, right? They were on the front foot and, and CF Montreal had a really hard time dealing one with the press, but I think just the energy that they had. Um, it was almost like the the fans, which were amazing. They were so loud. They were there so early. Warm up was just, the, the place was just jumping, but it was almost like NYCFC was absorbing all of that and they used it to get on the board. So then six minutes, they, they're up one nil. But then CF Montreal goes back the other way and like they looked really, really, really good. And then for me, the gut punch was that second goal mm. right before the halftime whistle. Um, and I was speaking to Alistair Johnson at the end of the game. I uh, very graciously still agree- agreed for an, to an interview because they sometimes don't do that, which is always great fun when you're the sideline reporter. But um, he did graciously, and and he thought that, and I don't know if I agree with him, but that he thought that first forty-five, despite the scoreline, was the best half they'd played all year. Mm-hmm. So you know, how do you come to grips with that heading into the locker room? Right, you're down two 0 but you've you've played some of your best football. So I thought that they a- attacked the box and they got chances, but I thought they were peripheral. Like I thought Johnston did really well on the right, combining with Mihailovic combining at times with Kamara but I don't think they provoked enough through the spine of the field like through the middle of the park Kone did that a little bit he was brilliant again I thought especially in the first half maybe tailed off a little bit but Mm. but then that error by Pantemis and maybe Craig you can speak to this a little bit but that's off a corner and then they give the ball away cheaply and Wanyama for a guy that's been so great for them um, today was was really guilty of that a lot no matter where he was on the pitch so I think Nancy maybe makes a mistake when he takes Piet off um, mm-hmm. in, uh, for Kyoto. I think it should have been Wanyama to come off and you keep Piet on. But then, you know, 3-0 on that penalty, there's no arguments from anybody that would have whether or not that's a the penalty, that, that's an error on uh, Pantemis' part. And then that's it. That's the game. You know, even as confident as this team has been in, in what they can do and what they can string together, that's a pretty big hole to climb out of. So I think everybody knew at that point that, the loss was inevitable and that was their season coming to a close. Yeah, me and Jimmy were actually talking about the, you know, how everybody, I mean, looks at statistics and they are interesting, but if you're somebody who didn't see the score line, you saw just the statistics alone, you'd be like, yeah, Montreal would have won that game 
probably the other way around, 3-1 yeah. maybe, 67% mm-hmm. possession, 18-5 attempts on goal, 8-4 yeah. to four on goal. You know, it just looked like it was so one-sided. It was just, so there were, like you say, that one just before half was a real sucker punch to oh, them, right? Yeah, because yeah, I, I think they go in the locker room only down one. I mean, and, and Johnson for them, uh, Sean Johnson, like those saves that he made, the two – from one from Kone and one from Kamara, like I, I'm amazed that just that they both stayed out. But he was brilliant for them. Um, so if it's just they're just down one at the half, I think it changes things a lot. But that's two, and and even then, you know, even before we talk yeah. about the third, but that that's a lot. Mm-hmm. They get to get beat on the counter like that, just absolute heartbreaker. Because oh, yeah. they had they had played so well. I don't know when you spoke with Alistair if it was post match or halftime, but I could understand. It was post match at halftime. I could understand them thinking that. Um, they they played so well. You could see this. It was like uh, he had the wind knocked out of him. Wilfred Nelsi when yeah. he spoke to Matthew Shinetti at halftime, and it just yeah, it, it's it's you run into a hot goalkeeper, and we've seen Sean Johnson do this before. Craig, he was amazing. Yeah, I think he's out of contract, isn't he? He is out of contract. So yeah, my my question for the group was, Amy, you're welcome to join in on this. You can go first here. Um, you look at a team, another Canadian team that's desperately in need of a goalkeeper someone who might be expensive because he's a little older, but someone who can win an MLS. And I don't think they run the risk of this guy going to Europe. Um, I think TFC should make a push for Sean Johnson. I think he'd be a good fit, but is he, is he wanting to stay in North America? He's 33, 34. He's not getting a, you know, he's not going to get that number one slot with the States. He'd probably be the number two, number three for the next little while, regardless of where he plays. Yeah. Yeah, if he goes to Europe now too at that age as well, I don't, th- I can't see him being a number one. Yeah, exactly. I think he'd be number two. Come on, he's and then, thirty-four, man. It's like it's no prime. Yeah, that's young for no. a goalkeeper, isn't it? No. Yeah, you're in your prime. <laughs> no. It used to be, but it's, it's I, I, look at TFC. I think they could get a couple of good years out of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, a couple of good mm-hmm. years for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things on Montreal. Uh, Romel Kyoto. It's such a shame that he missed the last month because he had an incredible season. I think he may have bagged 20 goals if he was able to finish the season healthy. And the fact that they were able to get 40 minutes out of him but not really get any enough out of him at that point, it, it really is a shame. And I think you're right that maybe that Piet substitution, you can look at it and say that's what really bit them because that's when things went south. And then that third goal, the penalty, that you, they were just so mentally defeated. It never really seemed like they had a, a chance to get in it. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because when they were down 2-0, one thing that I reference, and Jimmy will love this, is when CF Montreal won 4-3 at BMO, when TFC went up 2-0 early, and mm-hmm. CF Montreal was able to come back and win quite convincingly. He never um, talks about that. <laughs> yeah, I was Ooh, I'll try to bring it up as often as I can. The miracle of Montreal. He was eating a prawn sandwich at that time in the, in the suite. <laughs> I don't think he even... I was with a little glass of vino. I was I was devastated though. I thought that was it. When we went up two 0 I thought that's a game over. I was looking up at the Montreal fans laughing. Yeah, it's like, it's <laughs> yeah, like, the Black Sox look. They look amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Amy, this could be though, you know, a stepping stone for greater things. But that being said, Mahalovic is leaving. Kone is mm-hmm. probably leaving. If Johnson has a great World Cup, he'll be looking for Europe at some point. Now, there's some really good young kids coming through the system there. I know that. But what is the, the near future for Montreal looking to next season? Yeah, we, we talked about that as well um, with, with John and, and Grant, the other two guys that I do the, the radio with here in Montreal. 
And uh, I mean, it's the, that starting 11 will look a lot different next year. So Olivia Renard and, and his assistant sporting director, Vasily Kremenzidis have some, some work to do and some gaps to fill. And, and like you said, there's some talent coming, coming down the pipeline, but you know, that that's, I mean, just talk about Victor Wanyama, despite how poor he was today, I thought um, given his high standards, that that's a huge void to fill. Like Sam Piet has had an outstanding season himself and he's, he's really added um, different aspects and dimensions to his game. I think to make him more of a complete player and sort of shaken off that while well, he's, he's just a, a number six and he's the put, pit bull and he can regain possession like he can drive the attack as well um but that's a big gap to fill mm-hmm. um Kone, like you all all the names that you mentioned you know but but Kone, i'm like he was absolutely inconsolable after mm-hmm. the game i don't know if you could see it on tv but he was in tears and he was being consoled by wilfred nancy by kai kamara and they did kind of their lap around the field and he was just sobbing the whole time yeah. I th- so I you, you feel for I- the kid but it might be that you know he knows it too right yeah Mm. I, I think as well, and look, as as you all know, I'm I'm not a Montreal fan, but I enjoyed the watching. That's you guys. so surprising. Yeah, and I enjoyed watching you guys Fuck play. You, Jimmy. Seriously, I enjoyed watching you play. I thought you played a good brand of football. I really did. And I think why a lot of the players get so emotional as well at the end of the season is because I think in that dressing room they thought that was the year, like this was the year that we we're going to make something happen. And it's, it's heartbreaking as a player when it happens and then you lose a game and you think, you know, we dominated. We, we should have got something out of this game and we didn't. The season's over now. Players are going to be leaving. Kai's getting older as well. But I think, I think you need a couple of pieces and I don't think you're far off as a squad. If they can keep the majority of these players together, I don't think you're far off right now from becoming yeah. a very good side. Yeah, and, and to that, I'll add, um, you know, because Brendan, you talked about Kyoto and I think I got off track trying to, throw a dig at Jimmy but I I, he comes on and I think with a striker I wasn't one but those that I knew and then watching them play now it it takes more than just 40 minutes to regain your footing and to get your rhythm back right though despite any number of practices that he's had or cracks at net that he's had in training it makes a real difference and it was a, a shame I think that the injury was when uh or happened when it did and the timing of it because um, he's he's somebody that the other team just has to contend with, like or not, whether he's getting service or not. And today, I think he was underutilized when he was in, but when he did have the ball, when he was touching it, he just didn't look to have that same edge that he normally has and what you expect from Ramel Kyoto. But um, Kai Kamara, if he can come back, the way that he really changed the locker room this year, and not to say that it was bad before or that there was a toxic atmosphere or anything like that, but he was instrumental in being that link with the coaching staff, with the philosophy that they wanted to implement, but then making sure that there was that joy again mm-hmm. in the day in and the day out, but in the locker room, and that just spilled out onto the pitch. So That's you interesting. Just, you, got because... a, you got a sense from everybody how much fun they were having every time they played. Yeah. That's, That's interesting because he's played all over the place and nobody seems to have a bad word to say about him. And he's he's 100 years old and he's still going <laughs> at it. That's the problem, though. I mean, when, when does he become just a cheerleader I mean, not you know effective enough to play you know and it's yeah. i mean he doesn't come with a big price tag anymore either does he i mean he's not no he didn't math. he was being yeah. paid something ridiculous i think it was less than than 100k i think he was yeah. on like 90 wow. or something close yeah. to that don't quote me on it but it wasn't very much way yeah. underpaid so if you know you're just missing a couple of pieces as you were saying 
Jimmy, and I'd like to agree with that. Um, I think you have a player like that who can provide that veteran leadership and that guidance and that mentorship. That that makes a world of difference in shaping that youth into the the field that or into the the side that yeah. you know you, you want to see at the beginning of next season, or you want them to progress to a team that resembles the one that finished off this season, yeah. even though the pieces are different. You know, I think when you when you look at it as well um, with Kai and I. Th- Correct me if I'm wrong, because he actually, did he not say that this is probably one of the best times of his career and he loves the city, loves this club, and he's enjoying his football like he's never really has throughout his career. And if he's that influential in the dressing room and he brings an awful lot on the pitch and off the pitch, then if I'm Montreal, I'm looking at this situation thinking, we've got to keep him involved in this organization at some capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let him see what he can do next next season. Keep him in that dressing room. If he makes half the season or he makes a full season, whatever it is, but there's going to be a role within this organization for him. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd be looking at that because if he's creating, I mean, he's bringing everybody. And you know what it's like, and we've all we've all played the game. You there's certain players that can bring everybody together, and there's certain players that can are natural born leaders. And he seems like he is one that everybody seems to respect, and he's getting the best set of people. So. For me, Montreal's got to keep them at some capacity. They have to do that. And for 80 grand, woohoo. Yeah. Oh, did you check? Is that what he's being paid? No, I, I don't know, okay. but I, you're right. It is, I, I agree with you. He's, just, he's, not, uh, he's not on a lot of money. Well, yeah, we know the Canadians, are, the Canadians aren't making a lot of money in CF Montreal, so it's hard to assume that uh, someone who's not a designated player is making considerably you know, MLS market rate. Mm-hmm. And what Forbes called the, the smallest market uh, or, or the lowest valued club in Major League Soccer. Um. I agree with the Jimmy, though. I, I think that Kai Kamara strikes me as one of these uh, British or European expats that come over here, they play MLS, and then they don't want to leave. And they, that they call wherever that relocation is home um, in, in retirement. I could definitely see Kai Kamara, Kamara staying in Montreal and being involved in that organization. I think it'd be really good for them. I also think that this was their season and that uh, I hope yeah. they give Wilfred Nelsi, um time to. Uh, do a full rebuild because I mean he did inherit a squad that was kind of close uh, and a team that I think overachieved this season I think we all thought Montreal had the chance to be a playoff side but I don't think anyone thought they'd be contending for the supporters shield I would agree I would agree it's so, amazing though in MLS you got it when you get a chance to get through that door you got to take it because yeah. things change so quickly I don't think you need a full rebuild I don't think you do so no, the, some major pieces it, that are leaving, though. There's a, there's a few pieces a that you need. A lot of pieces, mate. But major pieces. Like, we're talking about a core that's leaving. I don't think you need an awful lot. I think you need a few pieces. Okay. You know, we were saying, yeah, okay. At the beginning of the season, you never, you never would have thought Montreal getting to where they got to. But throughout the season, that's what good managers do. And good coaching staff is bring everybody together and get the best out of them. And your job as a coach is to figure out how do I provide the best resources for these players and get the best out of each and every single individual. And they did that. And these guys were playing to, to their maximum potential. And there's a huge bond within that club. You can't rebuild it because you're starting from scratch. That's, that's another four, four or five-year plan. You can't have a full, full rebuild. I just think it's the six players that you're losing, potentially. Five, five or six key yeah, players. We're talking about five starters. It's not your choice to make those. Like, I only want to make a couple choices. It's like, no, 
we're, we're not we're not talking about just pieces that make up an 11 we're talking about the first you know five of the first seven names on the team sheet. right okay if you're talking five players no problem but when you're saying full rebuild i'm thinking you're building a whole new team again no no i, I just think it's nottingham forest did a full rebuild bring yeah. in 25 players well, if that's the new bar, if every Looking time someone says right rebuild, now, you say, oh, 23 guys, and that's cha- now we've changed the definition in Webster's? Come on. No. A full rebuild. You're talking 10, 10 to 12 players, no? I think it's going to You guys should call your Sunday show Sunday show semantics. <laughs> that <laughs> would be it so hard to spell. Just popping up, man. <laughs> it's too hard to say. Piping up. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's my job to make sure that we don't keep you longer than you're available, Amy. But I would love a, a quick take on the Women's World Cup draw, which uh, you worked on TSN. Uh, and Canada drawing the host in Australia. And uh, I've just gone blank in the middle here. Um, the rest of the group, Ireland, and who am I missing? Australia, Ireland, African and nation? Nigeria. 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 So, Welcome. Do you think- it's like, is my mic working? I'm pretty sure I said Nigeria. <laughs> the internet. No, sorry. It's, it's, it's the internet. Your mic might be working, but the internet doesn't work very well. Ah. What, do you, what do you think about uh, their lot in the group? It seems to me like uh, the path to win the group is there, and uh, that would be yeah. really advantageous because it would make things very difficult if they didn't win that group. Yeah, I think, I think the hosts are, are going to be tough. And I think initially out of pot one, and they got Australia. That was, to me, sort of the, the 1B because I thought the best case scenario was to draw New Zealand. So they get the other host, the the stronger team, um, you know, Sam Kerr, and they're they're a team kind of in flux. And they've got a Swedish coach, and they've played lots of games this year, but sort of middling success. But they're going to start to fire in all cylinders, and, and they have the talent to do that. So that's going to be a tough game, and obviously it's going to be a tough atmosphere playing playing the host. But, um, but I think that was good for Canada off the hop to get Australia. But then to draw Nigeria, I think Ireland will be able to deal with quite comfortably out of all the European teams. That's great. I think that's also favorable. But Nigeria out of pot four was worst case scenario. Mm. Um, and they played them in April and uh, didn't look convincing. Won and drew, but uh, should have done better. But I think this team has progressed since then. And I think you have to think that Nigeria will as well. But I, I think all things considered, I think on the other side of the pond, I've seen a few people today, I haven't been on Twitter a whole lot because I was prepping for the CF Montreal game, but over there they're calling um, Group B the group of death, which mm. I think is a bit of a stretch. I was I was really hoping as hope that USA would would be in a group of death, but I think they they also drew. I mean they have Vietnam, Netherlands, um, but then depending how the Group A playoff goes, they could get Portugal, who's ranked twenty three. So if Portugal gets through that playoff, I think all of a sudden their group is a little bit more difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. Still mm-hmm. Canada's playing in, is, is Ireland are playing in Melbourne right I think are they playing Australia in Sydney I, I don't know I think their travel might involve yeah going back and forth I think they okay. start in they start against Nigeria in Melbourne if I'm not mistaken no, Nigeria, what's, Melbourne, what's the flight okay. between those two pla- those two cities Melbourne and Sydney in Melbourne. it's a few hours it's a few yeah, hours they're just yeah. they're just right on the on that east coast are they I, I th- not yeah yeah Every city so. in Australia is hours away from each other. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Perth is in play too, is it not? For some and that's groups? a far flight. That's yeah, a lot of that's the country, opposite coast. Yeah. 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 I'm not, not sure about Canada, but uh, specific to Perth, but that they will not play in New Zealand at all. That all of their matches through to that's the final, correct. should they make yeah. it, would be in Australia mm-hmm. because of how things oh, should go. So, 
Yeah. What I think do you overall, think though, it's a pretty good, it's yeah. a pretty good draw draw for Canada. I think yeah, overall, right. I think if they win, if they win the group, it's better. If they don't, they could end up crossing over and playing England. I think, but yeah. and listen, playing the hosts is great, right? Playing the hosts at a World Cup. I mean, the energy in that stadium will be incredible. It'd be oh, it's yeah. a superb experience. They're they're better than the Matildas. Um, not that they're a bad team. They're better, but just that atmosphere will be great to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's will. the over under on the Aussie 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 Oi 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 fans? What do you think? <laughs> like a, like a thousand? Is a thousand too much? I don't know what a fair number is. Yeah, we'll have to speak to North Star Bets and get back to you about that. Exactly. <laughs> well, exciting, and I'm just also happy that the World Cup will actually be hosted in the summer when it's supposed to be. So That's it's right. Be fun. But it's their winter. Wait a minute. Now I'm confused. Yeah, we don't we look at things through our own lens all the time. We talk about these 10 a.m. games. It's like it's set yeah. in our own time zone. It's all about you, B. <laughs> us. I was roping us all collectively into that. Uh, I think I can. I'm speaking on behalf of us by saying, Amy, thank you very much for the surprise and joining us on what was a busy yes. working weekend for you. Yeah, my but, pleasure. Uh, to get to your uh, your CF Montreal perspective on what I know is a sad day for a lot of CF uh, Montreal fans, but it's a yeah, good but I, I think they appreciated the the great season. It was a great season. <laughs> that it was. Okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, I would have liked to have said it's been a great season after they're hoisting the cup, but not to be, be but I think based on based on the expectations and, and Brendan yeah. you alluded to it, I don't think everybody was expecting them to to be, you know, the number two seed, second in the East, rep, like 20 wins set goals or set records for away wins and goals and all kinds. I mean, you just go down the line on the amount of records that they set this season. So I think a really important uh, season for the club. Yeah, Amy, my MLS bracket is fucked because I had them losing to LAFC in the final. So I'm not. <laughs> my bracket blew 50 up bucks like gone. last week. It was done. But, oh well. <laughs> uh, it's been an exciting playoffs. Well, thanks, Amy. We'll definitely speak to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Amy Walsh. Friend of the show, legend, CFL, uh, CF Montreal insider. Maybe she watches the CFL as well. I don't know. I haven't watched the CFL. Much I hardly doubt it. Uh, well, in Montreal, it's a different. It's it matters though in Montreal. At least it used to. What does the CFL? Are they still playing? Yeah. The, the Great Cup was last week, wasn't it? No. No. What do you mean? No. It's upcoming. When? It's never in October. Are I'm you Canadian? Sure the Great Cup was played last week. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's I don't watch wrong. CFL, buddy. Well, we know that Craig doesn't like the NFL anymore, so I won't go down that road. But the Cleveland Browns breaking my heart. Thank God for Villa. That's also why that's, I'm wearing this. It's actually physical therapy. That's why I'm wearing this. <laughs> it's not aromatherapy. Yeah. It's not, is it? um, shall we stick with the, the Canadian theme here since we've just had Amy on and talk uh, CPL final because that is set after Atletico Ottawa uh, did the business uh, while Jimmy Brennan was on the call. And getting yeah. a 1-1 result at home in the second leg to win 3-1 on aggregate. Um, pretty awesome like this for this Atletico team. I think they've been a very likable and fun team to watch. And they dethroned the champions and punched their ticket to, to host the yeah. final at TD Place. That's pretty cool. You know, it was a, it was a good good match, to be honest with you. Um, good crowd. Yeah. Really good crowd. The crowd was right into it. Um, there was a spell there where I thought Ottawa was in trouble. Mm-hmm, Pacific because they had to go for it. They kept on pushing and pushing. And the way that Ottawa oh, likes to play, they they drop very, very deep. Really, really deep. And at times they couldn't get out. They were giving the ball away way too cheaply. Then Pacific scores and you just go, okay, it's game on now. Like, what's what's going to happen here? 
but they were just disciplined and organized. And, um, and then towards the end, Shaw scored an absolute screamer from outside the box, making a one, one and putting them into the final. But I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good match overall. I thought it was great for the league and wonderful for Ottawa. Um, considering where they were last year, finishing dead last and now making it to a, to a Canadian premier league final. They did a great job this season. It's crazy. I'm glad Crazy. they had the, the turnout that they did too. And, you know, it's it's pretty awesome to see how many of those fans and the supporters groups that were, you know, Fury supporters groups and the, the, the Fury just, just kind of folded. They had a really good thing going and then boom, gone. And then this yeah. opportunity comes to be in, this, in the CPL, which the Fury refused, if you remember. Yeah. And um, to have a, a team that's owned and affiliated and operated by Atletico Madrid, like that's that's pretty awesome. So No, it's, it's amazing. But the other thing is too, right, which you guys all know, everybody wants to be a part of success. Mm-hmm. And when you're a new team that's coming in, you know, they, they had a hell of a time as well because they came in during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think many, many people around the city really knew much about it. But then you get a winning season now. You're getting into the playoffs. People are buzzing because now there's, there's something to, to do with playoffs in, in Ottawa. I think the last one was the Red Blacks in 2019. So the fans are coming out. And now you've got a final mm-hmm. in the city. So I expect the crowd to be very, very good next weekend. That'd be buzzing. Yeah. What's great for the brand? It's great for the league. Yeah, and Forge is a, a dynasty. Yeah, fourth one now. Yeah, fourth final. So great on them. That was a hell of a match. I thought the oh. ref, I thought the ref lost control at certain points in that match. He yeah. did, but then it just turned into it was organized chaos, or maybe disorganized. But it was fun to watch because it opened up, didn't it? Right. Yeah. Oh. Two players turned off. There's so much space on that pitch. <laughs> 10v10, it was great. Bit of controversy, bit of scandal. That's good for the game, I think, right, in this country. I mean, we were talking on the dark web throughout that game, and it felt like a proper big match, and mm-hmm. it was just it was just fun. And that's all you can ask, right, really, from mm-hmm. sports? We can overthink it and overtalk about it, but it should just be fun. That's what it's there for, and that was fun. I don't care what league you watch or who your favorite teams are. You could not watch that second yeah. half in particular, even the first half late with the red cards. And I'll yeah. go, man, this is great. You know, I, I can't take my eyes. It was like a train wreck. A really great, <laughs> delicious train wreck. And that's good in sports. Oh, yeah. The challenges that were flying in. And- oh, yeah. They, I mean, it's funny. The, the rivalry, that is a really genuinely good rivalry. Passionate. It's one of the best in Canada for any sport. Yeah. Yep. They, they might not say it to the cameras, but they hate each other. Even mm-hmm. the, the handshake post-match with Tommy and Bobby, very icy cold, you know. It's like, yeah, you know, we, we are the two big players. I know Atletico are going to, you know, join that club very shortly, I think. But mm-hmm. they're the two big clubs in CPL. I they think they're actually lost five the years, regular right? season record for the entire um, four Length seasons is incredibly close. Yeah. yeah. Wins, draws, like, like losses, goals for, it's like really quite close. I feel bad for Carl Becker, by the way, in that first half too. I mean, this guy's been there from day one. He's, you know, he's really one of the faces of CPL. Yeah, and get that red card, which it's not a standing off. You know, so so this is interesting, right? Because I'm with you. I thought it was it was harsh, but I guess if you it was it reckless, probably. In which case, by the law, it it may have been a red card. But I think the referee has got to operate with discretion within the framework of those rules. Right, and right. Then clearly it wasn't doing it on purpose. Not that that shouldn't be. You but know, he pulls out, hard. like he pulls out. He didn't go in straight legged. So as he's looked, he's turned. He saw him. He pulls his leg back in. 
because he realizes the man's there. Now, but there's no VAR though, right? That's the trouble. The referee that's the trouble. But if he if he went in the old Vinnie Jones straight leg and just poof, right in the chest, he'd be going. Oh. Yeah, but seeing it when you don't, you see it quickly. I mean, it, the first time I saw it, it looked a lot worse. And then when you see it in slow motion, you see, oh, he's, he actually does see him last second, and then he tries to pull his leg away. Yeah, there's no VAR, and he sold it well, didn't he? Let's be honest. And he sold it well. Yeah. The and second the one was bullshit. The second one was, was far worse. That wasn't, I'm sorry, a second yellow for that? Give me a break. What no. is he supposed to do? That that Norman, that Norman. Are you talking about Norman when he got sent off? Yeah. 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 For for me, Norman's Norman's got to be more calculated than that. Because yeah, he's run into him, Jimmy. He's like actually run into him. He's like put his hands up. He's just like, like, what the like he ran into him. No, what but you see his man, you see his hands come out and the, the push, and then obviously he grabs his face, right? Now the ref, the ref is going to try to even the game out. You know that, you know that. You've just sent Forge's captain off, Kyle Becker. The crowd's going crazy. They're going after him because nobody thinks it's a red card, and that's with cavalry players. For me, anyways, I've got to be playing with controlled emotions right now because you know that ref is going to try to even this match out at some point. He's going to right, and you and you've got to huh? That was what, that's what it was. It was an even out call. It was an even out call, one hundred percent. Because Norman, Norman already got a yellow card. So for him, he should have been just like that. Hands up when the player's coming around. Just walk away from he this. Ran, he ran into him. like he, I don't think Norman did nothing wrong. I don't no, it, it wasn't bad any other time. But then you could see he's pushed him. The way that he's done it, his hands have come forward. Oh, it looked God like a push. Sake, the guy went down like he was shot. It was like, of course, he and he grabbed his face. He didn't even touch his face. <laughs> but that's when the ref came over real quick, didn't he? Oh, yellow. Brutal. Get off. But this is great, though, isn't it, boys? I mean, this is Canadian Premier League, right? We're getting all hot under the collar. It's brilliant. I was it's just going to say. No, I was good. just going to say that it, it's great to hear the the two of you. Obviously, Jimmy, you were there from the beginning, but to be so passionate uh, about it and have a a real game that we can genuinely talk about for two, three media days. Well, that's awesome for me. I I actually enjoyed watching that match, Calvary and, and Forge. Didn't we, all, didn't we all? Didn't we all? all enjoyed it. We just said because it had everything. <laughs> you got wax in your fucking no, no. ears. <laughs> well, listen. How many times have we watched games and we went, "Oh, that was boring," or "That's that was terrible." Well, like, get those ninety minutes of my life back. That was an exciting match where you scored goals, players sent <laughs> off, scuffles, fight. It was awesome. It had absolutely everything. The managers going crazy. It was entertaining. That was so good for the league. That match. It was brilliant. Brilliant for the league. I'm with you. Uh, one quick point that I hadn't thought about until Jimmy had started talking about Ottawa and you know the city paying attention now and having a winner and having a winning team. Atletico being in the final, whether they win or not, does that raise the profile of the CPL amongst other European suitors and potential clubs that would be looking to do the same thing? Because I th- Dave, David, uh, Commissioner Klenikin made it very clear when he was commissioner that there were other clubs interested and that's something that they'd love to do going forward. You know, more partnerships like that. And you look at a couple of cities that are knocking on the door to come in. I think Atletico being in the final has to look pretty appealing to uh, an established club that's maybe looking to to grow overseas, don't you think? No, I, I agree. I mean, for me, look, I think you got to be selective. Yeah. Maybe one, one, two, maximum, maximum three as the league grows. Because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is have, you know, Atletico in there. And then all of a sudden, then you got to... Uh, uh, a Red Bull in there, and then you got another team in there. You know, it's it's too much. I think one or two is fine, but don't go crazy with it. I, I think more than success, though, the minute Atletico 
develops a young player that then goes to Europe and is successful through the CPL, that's the moment that other clubs will be going, hmm, oh, you know, so more, saying- more than success, more than seeing Atletico lifting a trophy. I think it's that pathway and finding these rough diamonds in Canada. And that will be when the, 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 the notoriety of this league really elevates itself. Yeah, but is it, is it f- about developing the player or creating a brand? Because if you look at Man City and if you look at Red Bull, and they've got teams all over the place. How many players have come through their youth system and gone into the first team? It's true. Zach, Zach Stefan. Not, but not the, brand, the brand's out there, right? The Man City brand's in, in North America. The Man City brand's in Australia. Red Bull's in, in New York. Red Bull's in all over the place. So I think it's more the brand. I don't think it's about them developing the player. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah, why you also want to. Do they care about a brand in Canada, though? With respect to Canadian soccer, we know where we're at, right? I mean, you can develop a brand. Well, I think so it's too pronged or, or more so. I think it's about having a place for their players to come to. And if they need them to develop and play in the league at that level, they can do that. They might find a diamond in the rough. Yeah. And then I think as well, you know, with the Canadian Premier League, it gets streamed in the straight, in the States. England, right? too. And in England. So Atletico could say, okay, we're going to go join MLS and pay $350 million and we're going to have to build a stadium. Or do you come to the CPL knowing that your brand's getting out in North America and I'm paying a fraction of the cost? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but when you say it's coming out in North America, I know it's being shown in the States, but who's, with respect at this point, who's watching it in the States? Numbers Football people. Great. It's a good question. It's fine, but it's, it's, fo- it's football people. It's exposure. And if you're talking about an industry... With to Jimmy's point about City having who is it they've got in Spain that uh, Tati just went to? It's not Girona, is it? Right, exactly. You don't think we know we know um, New York City, we know um, the team in Australia, um, but there's eleven clubs that City has um, ownership in, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I yeah. think it's it's the it's the branding that's most important when it comes to football. Jimmy, you could speak to this better than me. I think that there is a distinction between what is American and what is Canadian when it comes to players. But when it comes to branding and the continent in general, how many times do we speak and someone says, oh, Canadian, yeah, cool. Well, so what's uh, when are you flying back to the States? No, I live in Toronto. Yeah, I know. Well, when's your flight? They just group it together. All of our media, everything is, if it's Canadian, oh, it's over there in the States. They see it the same way. So I, I think that the, the, brand, the brand appeal to, to plant your flag in North America, um, you don't have that differentiation that uh, we see being here. Good. Okay. Speaking of Red Bull. <laughs> you said it all. Nobody can say anything. <laughs> Did you see Jamie Vardy crush a Red Bull and then come on for Leicester in the 60th minute and score 15 minutes later? I did not see him crush the Red Bull. He murdered it. It was like it did it, like it took something from him. 100 league goals after the age of 30. Unbelievable. That's crazy. What a player. What a game. Good for Leicester. I mean, that, that Tillemans goal was freaking something that the top draw, as they say, right? Wasn't I loved it. it. He's special. Oh, it was amazing. He got all of it. Madison's is pretty good too. Leicester, watch out for them. So <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think that Brendan Rodgers is going to leave yet now either. I tell I you what, though, when I have- you... A few weeks ago, I was wondering whether or not Brendan Rodgers had the hard end to it. And I tell you what, I got that wrong. This mm. team is completely on board with him. There's no issues there. And he's willing to stay and do the job. And there's no doubt about that. That's mm. a, 
those are two really good results back to back for them and look good doing it. James Madison's got 10 goals in 14 matches or something. But yeah. we all agree he's unlikely to be on the plane to Qatar. I don't know where he fits in. I mean, I, no, I love no, the guy. No. I think he's brilliant, but that's not an area of, they're not shallow in that position, are they? Why can't he play center back? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is England still going to start Harry Maguire at center back? Yep. 100%. Jesus. How do you feel if you're him? How's the pressure? <laughs> the, old, the old sphincter before that first game. Oh. Hamstring in training? Oh. I don't know. Well, as I tell you what, it does take some balls. Jimmy it said it before, and I think he, he's got to be regretting if he if there was any opportunity in the summer to go abroad, to go to the continent. He's got to be regretting not taking that. And I really wonder after Qatar, whether there's an opportunity in January or immediately in the summer, if Harry Maguire is not looking like, I got to get the fuck out of England. Well, you know, if Ron's out until after the World Cup now as well, well, Sorry, for the World Cup. He'll play in the World Cup, but he, he's out. So, I mean, I'm not sure where Maguire's health is right now. He's obviously been out the last few weeks, but yeah. there's a position open in the first 11 right now. So maybe for Lindelof. In there. For Lindelof, yeah. That's a position. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, maybe it's not Maguire. You're right. A quick on United. Have you noticed how good Ericsson looks since Casemiro's arrived? The two of them together are speaking the same language. Bruno was very good too. Bruno was as well. Yeah. And you know what makes me feel shitty? I've said this before. I don't think you I think you can anticipate where I'm gonna go here. Bruno is best when Ronaldo's not playing for club and country. I'm oh not gonna God. even I'm not gonna follow that up with anything. I don't want to get into that conversation. No, no. you're right. You don't want to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo? What? No. What is it? Why? Because no. we said we would finish this in 15 minutes? Okay, pick one then. It has to go to the World Cup and play. Ronaldo or Bruno? Yeah. Oh, Ronaldo all the way. Bench Bruno. Sell him. Gone. Get rid of him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next question. Okay. Um, Wolves. What's Wolves? No. <laughs> I'm Wolves. Uh, Arsenal, though. Talk, talk about the World Cup. Um, Arsenal dropped points uh, in their title chase. They settled for taking one. Uh, away at Southampton, which I think might feel like a, a bit of pressure at this point in the season. They, Unlike other title challengers in the past, they probably feel like they can't drop too many points if they're going to stay in that title race. But Gabriel Jesus started the season on fire, and he's cooled off. And I wonder how much of that is him being figured out or the fact that there's something really big coming up in a month. I don't know. There, I, there... I, I watched that game, and the first half in particular, they, they should have been 2-3-4-0 up. They absolutely were all over them, and they were buzzing. There was nothing, pro no problem there. There was no holding back. The problem is it came in at halftime 1-0, but it was like a really comfortable 1-0 with Southampton. Credit to them. A much better second half. I think it's because there's no player in world football that looks like he's always crying more than <laughs> Jesus. Like he's got that crying face. You want to just slap it. Yeah, high cheekbones. <laughs> Do you, uh, that's a very good point. Do you know who I realized though has like a whiny face where it seems like he's on the verge of crying? I, I never Phil really discovered it. No, no, it, it's he gets whiny, Dan whiny, Long. and then he looks like Escalante, <laughs> Jesse Marsh. Mm. It's because his jeans yeah. are so fucking tight. It's like, it's like you, you I thought that down. was Pep that you wanted to get into Pep and his tight I, I, jeans. I, yeah, I do. Quickly, because we're running out of time. But uh, no, go so ahead, finish your Jesse Marsh. You're right. He right. does look kind of cryy as well. I feel like David I, Moyes does too. 
I think that uh, I think Leeds are in a bit of trouble. I think Leeds are going to struggle. Um, they've obviously struggled this weekend. What makes you think I, that? Because I don't. Is August? Yes, I just don't think that they're going to be able to get out of the slump. You see the the body language kind of changing, and they they all look a bit miserable and on the verge of tears. Leeds fans have good reason to be, but the but you see it in the team, you see it in the players, and if you're really starting to see it with Marsh, as I'm saying, then I think uh, uh, I wonder if uh, how the, how they rebound, how they turn around. I think they're I think they're going to be okay, but I will say Fulham have surprised the hell oh, yeah. out of me. Yeah. Same amount of wins as they had a couple of years ago when they got relegated already. Mitrovic is absolutely on fire. I think he's, he's got a beast. beast. He's incredible. Yeah, beast. Like, oh. And he, you know, he's, he's always done it in the division below and he had a couple of cracks, but this is, he's just been fantastic. Anyway, and well coached. I was thinking well, one of these times when we have time, which is very often with the way we speak, we should do a would not want to fuck with eleven. And at the top, for me, uh, I think I'm putting Mitrovic next to Ibra in a four four two. Yeah, he's he's hard. Like, would not want to meet in an alley. Would not want to disrespect. Would not want them to come after me. Or the back too many Serbians I'd want to meet in an alley. <laughs> Tough people. Point. Tough I was in a. I was in a. Guys, man. I was in a bar last night with a bunch of Croatians uh, celebrating one who's moving Other to Australia. Tough fucking guys. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much. They so. were the few of the greatest and uh, incredibly friendly, uh, hospitable people. Great, great time, great party. Uh, right. As the night went on, and a couple of you know stragglers who looked like they might be up to some trouble came through. Uh, the mood immediately changed and I uh, was immediately aware of, of who I was amongst and felt very safe being uh, in that company. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I agree with you. There's not, not too many from that part of the world that I want to mess with either. No. I spoke a lot about the Dunlop Wonger Derby without Wonger. Uh, I have to speak about the Brendan Charman Derby, which was the kickstart to the weekend. I thought I'd get that. You get away with it? No, nope. yeah, sorry, yeah. I really, scumbag. Really thought... I just saved it for the end. Yeah. Like I said on on Twitter, and I said if I'm going to lose to anyone in that league right now, and and we are losing games, I'm happy it's Forest because I do like Forest, and that's not because of Jimmy. It's despite Jimmy, I've always liked Forest. <laughs> Thank you. They're an '80s team. They should be there. They should be in the, <laughs> no, the Forest. Oh, the one R. Yeah. 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 Oh, you said '80s. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right there yeah, too. Craig. I think you should be there, Craig. Always. Just a staple in my life. Yeah. Fulham's a bit ahead of Liverpool. Do you know that? Yeah, that's good. Excellent. Yeah. So we win the win the Champions League. And... Yeah. So Klopp out? We on that train yet? No. No, we've been no. No. Bring Stevie G back. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, rumored. Have you heard this? Yeah, so obviously he's available. And we do know that um Southgate only has a contract until Qatar. The rumor is Next England manager, Steven Gerrard. Because he's been he's done so well for England over the years. What is oh, Lampard is number two? <laughs> I, I feel like Lampard's the, the Who makes the, up this shit? That's not even a rumor. That's some idiot. Oh, um, I'm drunk. I'm gonna go on Twitter and say something, and then for some reason it goes viral. There's no basis to it. It makes no sense whatsoever. Would you you know the FA very well? Would you be surprised <laughs> in any capacity? If, no, if that would, you're right. I wouldn't be surprised. They once upon a time signed Sam Allardyce to coach England. But someone tweeted, I think it may have been Kerry, and I'm sorry if it was someone else, that Frank Lampard's career has gotten better as Gerard's managing career has gotten worse. <laughs> That's true. Since since Gerard arrived in England, essentially after that first 
four matches where they think they've won three of the first four. Villa, yeah. he's been very poor and they've struggled to win games. And Lampard has done all right. He's kept Everton up. He's got them kicking at the moment. Yeah. Few decent results. His tail between his legs after the Chelsea thing. Yeah, but I, I think the, there's a good opportunity for him to rebuild that, and the, the team's backing him, and he's doing it. Well, he's done uh, a right. good job there, three 0 I mean, they're, they're defending really well this year. They're not scoring many goals. Anthony Gordon's had a slow start, but he scored in the weekend. Um, lots of injuries, but he's got them playing organized football. So I think Frank Lampard, who for some reason I don't know why people like making fun of him. Oh, he'll be a failure. He seems like a decent guy to me. And uh, maybe he'll figure it out. He was given a big job too early, but who yep. in the world would have said no to that job at the time? Everybody so. over there wants everybody to fail, except for the people that are like Liverpool fans. So, you know, yeah, we love Gerard. Everybody else in the country wants him to fail. Mm-hmm. True. Except for Villa fans, because he was working for them at the time. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really, really... But do Villa fans ever accept him? I don't. I didn't feel there's ever that connection between. Maybe it's his fault too. Not in unison. There's never a connection. Not in unison. But I also think it was it was the timing. It was a, a you know unlucky timing on his part in the sense that he replaced someone who really yeah. was a part of the club. And I think a lot of fans felt Dean Smith didn't get enough time because it wasn't a big enough name, and that they thought, oh, Jared's available and hot young manager, big name, going to bring us big players, and he did. I mean, they're not getting Phil Coutinho from Barcelona if not for Steven Gerrard. Do you want him? Hasn't now, worked out, has it? No, it's not worked out, but who knows? We'll see what uh, Danks can do. We're the only podcast in the country, in the world maybe, that took an hour and eight minutes on this clock here to speak about Erling Holland. Uh, but, I was uh, going to say, he only talk- scored two goals. He's not even, he's not even headlining anymore. No. Yeah, whatever. It's like- normal. He yeah. scored two more goals. Was that 17? But talking, you know, to go back to my point about how I'm Jimmy's ally here, I wasn't about to bat lead off with that so we could talk about how he scored 17 Premier League goals already in the middle of October. <laughs> so, so Charmin, uh, Pep's jeans. Mm. It's not just the jeans, it's the entire outfit. But the jeans, this chow, how much? So, you know, B, what do they cost? I mean, they look like shit. I've no idea. I've never expensive. heard. I've never heard of that. Chow is, is how Jimmy and I speak to other people when we leave situations. I don't know. I don't I'm know about to right. give you guys a chow now after an hour and eight minutes. I thought you'd yeah. be all excited talking about tight pants because you're all about them. You got my tight pants on. I do. I do like yeah. tight clothes. You yeah. have ripped your ass out of a few of them. It's pretty yes, good management with no underwear. Yeah, it's pretty good managerial company though to put you with. Like that, you're in the conversation with Pep Guardiola, Jesse Marsh, Jimmy Brennan for tight pants. We'll we'll just say managers. No, they're managers. Your managers, just tight pants. That's how I fit into that category. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, as long as you can still fit into those jeans, buddy. That's. Uh, I think. That's no, listen. We're out of time. I know, but we should have a, a serious conversation about Pep's attire. Maybe on the next podcast. Maybe on Wednesday. Because, I mean, he didn't give a shit. What He didn't give a shit on, on Saturday, did he? he? He's like, I'm playing Brighton. Oh, fuck. I really don't care. I'm just going to... What, what's the what's the most you know cleanest clothes in my closet? Oh, I'll put them on. He's just like, he's going to hang out on this couch in the basement watching TV. I uh, 
obviously don't give a shit about um, the other commitments that you guys had this evening since we bumped this uh, time back so we could all be together. Uh, but I do have a ton of respect for JC, who I see in the comments here as I'm about to close the show has a question. Well, I'm glad you got to that, uh, Brandon. Excuse me, uh, Randon. Um, so I have a real question. I was I'm sorry to keep you guys on the, on the phone here. Um, I was watching the uh, Forge versus whoever game tonight uh, or the Calvary. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, one play that I don't see all that often, but there was a lot of this happening in the game that I watched. Um, and I'm very aware of what happens when you knock it on your noggin, and that's called a header. What happens when you hit it off your chest? Is it called a chester? Just go to chest. <laughs> you just control, you're controlling just, it on your chest. You chest the ball down. Or you chest so the ball. What, it, do, it doesn't have its own little slang? No, but it's uh, a good point. Maybe it should. Should it have a name like Chester? No, because nobody shoots with their chest. Uh, I saw a couple <laughs> players shooting with their chests on that game tonight. <laughs> yeah, that would be a Chester. <laughs> Thank you, Craig. All right. Officially, we've created a new soccer term. Footy Prime copyright Chester. <laughs> Well, if you want to watch more Chester opportunities, you can watch them in the Premier League and the Serie A on Fubo TV. And if you've not subscribed already, you can subscribe at fubotv.com slash footy prime. You impressed by that there, uh, Forrest? I'm really impressed. And by the way, Napoli, big result. Oof. Yeah, massive. Away um, at Roma. Napoli and Roma. Well, I mean, Napoli have been incredible since losing Mertens and Insigne. I don't think anyone expected them to uh, contend for the Scudetto. No. And Milan had a good result as well. They're looking good. You want to take 10 minutes, 10 more minutes of Charmin's time? He's he's starting to stress out through that child's oh, he? I just want to stay on here just because. the banter. Charm, Charms wants to get back on a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. I got to go, I gotta go do some Ollies, no. man. Yeah. Charmin's got to get home before the lights, the street lights come on. That's his deal with mom. For the record, I am wearing a baseball cap backwards. Therefore, I am a skater teenager. Yeah, yeah. The gonna, come on. No, we'll let you go so you go find someone to buy you cigarettes at 7 Eleven. We'll, we'll <laughs> hope you can have a good end of the weekend, buddy. All right, well, thanks uh, to everyone for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed Aston Villa's win uh, a fraction as much as I did because uh, well, what, a, what a great way to end the weekend. I'm gonna polish off a bottle of Vigne Verde, call it Sunday night. All right, cheers to you. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Cheers, we have some extra small condoms. <laughs> <laughs>